0: i'm amber
1: and i'm leslie and you're listening to the The grim mystics Good morning, Amber.
0: Good morning. This is another morning pod that we're trying to, you know, crank out. <laughs>
1: it's because we have such extravagant social lives, obviously.
0: We do. Yeah, I have to get ready for a lunch with my mother.
1: <laughs> Amber's ex- social life is way more than mine.
0: Yeah, the I we were talking about this before we started recording and... The, like, three friends that I have miraculously always plan to do something on the same day, so it makes it seem like I'm very busy. <laughs> but really, I don't see them for, like, a month and a half, and then they all have a party on the same day.
1: <laughs> Tis the season for parties.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, but, Leslie, you wanted to say something about your poops before we get started today.
1: About my, oh, my dogs? I was like. Your puppies, not your. I thought you said, like, my <laughs> bowel movements, and I was like. I didn't say that I want to talk about my my bowel. <laughs> anyway, yeah, my.
0: Well, because Craig and I call them poops. <laughs> <laughs> so I forget that not everyone calls their puppies poops. <laughs> I,
1: like, I was literally like, what? <laughs> anyway. Um,
0: <clears throat> Tell us about your bathroom. <laughs>
1: I just cleaned it. Um,
0: no.
1: <laughs> no, my dogs are just like extra crazy right now. Don't ask me why. And my husband is sleeping because he works, you know, in the evenings. We all know this. So if you hear them, just you didn't. Okay. (laughs) Pretend
0: you didn't. (laughs) I honestly think (laughs) it's funny when you hear, you know, a little, you can hear Avery every once in a while doing her little ear shake in some of our Mm -hmm. audio, which It makes us real. We're real people. We are recording this in our offices and our dogs. I mean, my dogs have free roam of the house, so I'm not going to limit them because of something we're doing. So you'll hear them. And and Avery's going to really love it because I opened the windows in my office today and she's a creep (laughs) and loves to look out the windows. So my dog will be heard today, too.
1: (laughs) Okay, perfect. That makes me feel better
0: yeah so and i mean tucker's here oh no he just left
1: <laughs> he's at peace
0: yeah he's over it okay well he he might come back but he's a little more quiet because he's old and moves slower so Aww. Yeah. <laughs> all right well so we talked about our dogs and now i guess it's time to get rolling we also spent like we did good today guys we spent like an hour talking just like catching up and then hit record it's it feels kind of weird like i'm adding banter because
1: because <laughs> we've already like discussed <laughs> yeah. everything from the exactly. last week
0: so. <laughs> so this is me just filling, doing some filler fluff because i feel awkward just jumping in and starting but leslie why don't you tell everybody where we're going
1: today on the maps we are going to the bronx
0: the bronx in new york all right <laughs> So we are talking about John Joseph Gotti today. He was born on October 27th, 1940. So I don't know the math with this episode, but it might actually come out close to his birthday. (gasps) I didn't even plan that. (laughs) So fancy. I know. Gosh, just so good at this. (laughs) John Gotti was the fifth of 13 kids. Two died at birth. Um, This was the 40s. Yeah, so this was the 40s. So it's still kind of that era of having a bunch of kids and some of them having unfortunate circumstances where they pass away. The Gotti family grew up poor. His dad, John Gotti Sr., was a day laborer, but it was was kind of not always every day. Um, It was very temporary where his work would be. be, where he could find it, and then he wouldn't. His mom's nickname was Fanny and <laughs> and she didn't, by what I could find, she didn't have a job. So she was, you know, at home with the kids and John pretty much just kind of working is what got them by. So I'm sure they didn't have much no. to go off of. So John Gotti was truant, um, always ditching school late to class, and he was a well-known bully to the other students, so got in a lot of fights. Really didn't care about education, which I mean at this time I think was pretty common for this age group of people. Craig reminded me of a conversation we had with my great uncle Ross. He had gotten a job when he was younger at a grocery store and he told us that my great-grandmother and great-grandfather were content and they they thought he would keep that job forever my great-uncle ross went on to go to college and pursue that but it was not because his parents kind of persuade you know pushed him to do that it was all on his own because they were they would have been very content with him the first job he had in high school if he would have kept that they would have been happy and there was no push to finish school either seems like it's something that's a little more common in this age group,
1: right? I can't imagine working the same. My first job, my first job was Polo Ralph Lauren. <laughs> I cannot fathom working at that place forever.
0: Yeah, I worked at Arte Pizzeria in Loveland, and oh, I love days I do too, and it was a fine job, <laughs> but I would be very, very heavy <laughs> <laughs> um, because he would he you know he was very sweet to us he'd give us dinner and we could have whatever we wanted out of the display case but that was pizza <laughs> so i would i would have had pizza every night for dinner for the past 11 years that probably wouldn't have been well for me see artes
1: is my favorite pizza so i could have that pizza every single day <laughs> i just need like one slice of he, hawaiian pizza and a pe- and then a pizza roll and i would be like totally good for life
0: the pizza rolls oh, they're so mm-hmm. good Well, back... So for people who don't know, Arte Pizzeria is a place in Loveland that a gentleman named Enzo, he actually is from Italy and he came over and started a pizza place. And once upon a time, I thought I wanted to be a chef. I worked in a lot of kitchens around Loveland and I realized all of the chefs that I met were very angry and grumpy (laughs) and I figured that (laughs) wouldn't work out for my lifestyle. (laughs) So I quickly decided not to become a chef, but I remember telling Enzo that I wanted to be... And he said, most chefs have a little bit of weight and you're really concerned about being skinny. Do you think that'll work?
1: Well, yeah, because you have to taste your food, make you sure do. Good.
0: Yeah, and he, he was very quick to tell me, like, I shouldn't be a chef. I guess he saw something that I eventually saw later. But, yeah, mine was more of the mood, not necessarily the weight. The weight. Yeah. <laughs> so That's yeah. Funny. So once upon a time, I wanted to be a chef, but could you imagine, I couldn't, well, you hated Polo, like they were horrible to you. I couldn't imagine you still working there.
1: Well, and you didn't really love, I mean, wasn't he kind of um, aggressive on occasions? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. Uh, Yelling, throwing things, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so luckily, you know, some people did not fit that mold. And I think that's how our, our culture changed too, where. You know, just getting a job is awesome, but it's not the end. Your end goal is not to get your first job out of high school and keep it. Right. (laughs) So with John, he didn't care about school and he dropped out at 16. So again, just kind of the norm of that time. Gotti was involved in street gangs from the young age of 12. He was, when he was going to school, that was probably also a reason why he didn't care to go to school because he would prefer to hang out with his buddies in the gang versus going to school i guess learning
1: you know algebra 12 years old yeah
0: in a gang at 12 years old can you imagine oh my gosh so we met at like 11 right that would have been a like a year into our friendship and i think we were very focused on like lizzie mcguire and boys yeah but can you imagine someone (laughs) that with that mindset going into a gang (laughs) no probably why we never you know signed up (laughs) and we're like you know that's just not for us (laughs) that's too intense let's keep watching lizzie mcguire see if she ever falls in love with gordo (laughs) (laughs) the gang that he was a part of was called the rockaway boys oh yeah i mean you know also kind of sounds like an acapella group but you know
1: (laughs) 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 gangs by night acapella by day
0: yeah exactly that's how they kept their their gang affiliates down exactly (laughs) at 14 john attempted to steal a cement mixer so i got confused while i was watching this documentary and craig was also with me i thought it was like one of the big trucks yeah and then i got really concerned so this next part so imagine what i'm imagining right now a cement mixer a big truck ma'am we're recording You look very pretty, but go creep out your window again. (laughs) Sorry. (gasps) Both the dogs, oh my gosh, all of them are just riled up today. So I'm imagining one of those big cement trucks that you don't wanna drive behind because I'm always worried that they're gonna have like (laughs) cement fall out onto my car.
1: (laughs) Some final destination.
0: Yes, it's irrelevant, it's not true, but I'm always worried about it. So then he stole the cement mixer from a construction site and it fell crushing his toes leaving a permanent limp (laughs) so i'm thinking the big truck and i'm like oh my god that big barrel fell out of the truck and crushed his toes yeah craig informed me there are hand cement mixers that like have (laughs) wheels
1: (laughs) fair enough i will say when you first said a cement mixer i was picturing the truck also
0: the truck Yeah. yeah and i was like i paused the the thing and i was like what the hell how
1: is he alive i
0: was like just his toes how did that (laughs) so there are little handheld ones they're still heavy and you still have to like drag them and they have wheels and all that so he stole one of those why there was no reason
1: (laughs) (laughs) he just wanted it
0: i guess yeah he they had it he wanted it um but it did crush his toes which left him with a permanent lip so that was something that throughout his life was kind of unique to him i guess okay Gotti met his wife, Victoria, at a bar when he was in his early 20s. And they had five children. Angela, Victoria, John Jr. So technically John Jr. is John Third because his dad's name was John. Okay. Frank and Peter. And Peter was named after one of Gotti's brothers that had passed away. In his early 18s, early 20s, John also began running errands for capos which are someone who is a little higher up in the gambino family
1: amber is this connecting to last week's story
0: oh my lanta you figured it out you <laughs> great detective you <laughs>
1: well you said gambino and we talked about the gambinos
0: i did to uh, foreshadow a little john Gotti and sammy the bull knew each other
1: oh my god it's like parallel universe right now i feel like I everything's <sighs> connecting
0: no, that's why my clue was there are two sides to every story. Oh my god.
1: I just got
0: we learned Sammy's side.
1: <laughs> I just <God>. got it.
0: <laughs> I know. See I thought was this good. one out. Like I'm not kidding. I I was like, you know what? I was talking to my mom and we were talking about some of the stuff going on with Sammy the Bull. And I was like, I should just do a podcast. It's present, it's relevant right now because he's out of prison. And then I, and then she was like, yeah, and you should do one. Uh, She's like, if you could, like, maybe you could do both, like about John Gotti. And I was like, God, they're two great stories. And I was like, I should just keep them separate. And we're kind of talking and I, I looked at her and I was like, oh my God, my, my clue can literally be there are two sides to every story. <laughs> And she was like, yeah. <laughs>
1: was she like, I'm, I'm watching the magic happen. I'm watching it.
0: <laughs> yeah, she was just watching the, the stuff turn while we were on I-25. So this is the first time that my mom has also known about something ahead of me. Okay. Normally, she doesn't ask, I don't tell, but I was trying to think through it with her. So my mom did know what was coming. <laughs> well, she can keep a secret, so we're good. <laughs> she can, yes. Yeah, she can. So yeah, so he was running errands for... So Capo's... Uh, I know I posted something about the lineup on the mob, the last Instagram post, but they still have, they're the same thing and they have different names. So soldiers are below and I believe capos are right above the soldiers. And then you got like the boss and the underboss and all that stuff. So they're, they're not doing like the bitch work, but they're doing like a little bit of the bitch work. Okay. So John was not even in the mob. At this time, the Gambino family, they how it's worded is they had their books closed, so they weren't accepting new members. So John was just kind of a made man. He was, he was friends of the mob, but he wasn't in the mob, and he was just running errands. So he was trying to just stay on their good side, and with that, they would, you know, pay him for the errands that he did, things like that. You know, errands are not going to pick up laundry or getting coffee. (laughs) Errands are illegal activity. (laughs) So John, (laughs) yeah, it wasn't like, let me be your assistant. (laughs) So John was doing truck hijackings for the mob. Yeah. So I don't know how you're not in the mob and doing a legal activity like Seriously? I would I'd rather make someone go run around and get my coffee instead of trust them to do something illegal and not rat me out. Like that's a lot of trust on someone who's not even in your family.
1: Right. Yeah, it seems like I okay, all right. <laughs> Cuz honestly, when you said errands, I thought it was like picking up laundry or like mm-hmm. delivering checks or whatever, like you know.
0: Well, and this is why it's so (laughs) confusing and hard to get into this because, like, they did that on purpose. When they're on the phone with John and they're like, hey, can you run an errand for me? And then they give him an address. He knows it's a truck hijacking, but, like, they're doing it to cover their butts. Right, if
1: there's a bug or something.
0: Yeah, so they're not outwardly saying, like go do this crime so it's really com. it's complex when you start like looking into this it's so interesting but it's so complex because they're saying one thing and I do the same thing I think oh like going to run errands and then they're and then in the next sentence is truck hijacking and I'm like I wouldn't do that for someone I was willing to run errands for
1: <laughs> well and if he's not technically in you know in the family he's probably not protected either like no. he would be if he were
0: Exactly that. And, and they're not protected either. Cause you know, there are all these rules and oaths that you take when you become a member of the mob, he didn't take any of those. So they're really trusting that he's not going to fuck them over and turn them in if he gets caught.
1: Interesting. Hmm. Right.
0: He was arrested three times for hijacking. And so the first two times he was let out on bail and they were across the board he would wait at the airport and hijack trucks that were coming in with deliveries so you know it'd be like food to restock the airport stuff just anything that the airport ordered he would hijack those trucks and take and the mob would find something to do with them the third time he was arrested he was not allowed bail and he was hijacking a truck full of cigarettes which i mean now cigarettes are really expensive back then not so much but still a hot commodity because more people smoked back then than they do now i assume yeah like everybody
1: smoked and i would say they were even more of a hot commodity now because that was when it was it was like socially acceptable to like smoke all the time you know what i mean even in like hospitals so
0: yeah yeah yeah, so it was something that was uh, much more in high demand than it would be now, which yep. is probably why cigarette costs have gone up because no one, not as many people, are smoking them. Right. So, uh, that is our uh, econ- economics class for you guys. I can't even say it. <laughs> Thanks for coming
1: to Econ yeah. 150. One fifty.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I got pity passed in that class. <laughs> oh my god, I don't want to talk about econ. I, yeah, hate I know. <laughs>
1: hated that class. I did, too.
0: <laughs> I don't think anyone really likes it. And that was the class they saved for senior year, so if you got it your second semester and you failed it, you couldn't graduate. Like, I thought that was so mean.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. That. Oh, my God. This is a funny story. Not really. So when you <laughs> were senior year, and if you want to ke- choose to keep this out, you can. <laughs> okay. But...
0: Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. It was a good tangent. We'll see if we leave it in. If we left it in, you're welcome. If we didn't, you'll never know. (laughs) You'll never know. (laughs) With his arrest, the third time, he had gotten bail twice. So they were like, nope, you're getting prison. So he was in prison for three years for truck hijacking. Once out of prison, he began managing an illegal gambling ring. Also, when he was out of prison the Gambino family opened their books for the first time in like 15 years like it was a pretty big deal that they opened them and they accepted John in as a soldier
1: even when he was in prison
0: so it was after he was out of prison on March 18th he's been in the mob for a while he's running gambling rings he's slowly working his way up you know he's a soldier he's a capo and all that stuff so he's Making his name known in the Gambino family. On March 18th, 1980, his 12-year-old son, Frank, got run over by a mini bike, And I looked those up because I didn't know what that was. They're kind of like little mini, like, crotch rockets. Oh, shoot. And he was run over by a neighbor. Frank died from his injuries later that evening. When the neighbor came over to apologize to the family for the accident, John's wife, Victoria, attacked him with a baseball bat. So, Victoria, I did read, she was half Italian and half Russian, so. Oh, God.
1: hmm <laughs> So sorry for those kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah, a very good mixture of anger. Yeah. <laughs> On July 28th, 1980, the neighbor was abducted and disappeared, and the police presumed dead. And to this day, no one has admitted to killing the neighbor. Actually, they thought, I mean, clearly they thought it would be Gotti, because, you know, his son was murdered by on accident. So this son his son died based on these events. John was really smart cuz if he did call the hit or he he didn't do it himself, he might have called the hit and he took his family to Florida 3 days before this man went missing.
1: So it, he this person was mm-hmm. a man. This wasn't like a no, child. No, it was a
0: grown man who was letting who was riding his bike around the neighborhood and Frank I see. Okay. Frank got run over by it. Yeah. Hmm. So even though, you know, Victoria seemed like she probably would be a really good asset to the mob with her baseball bat skills, John's life goal was to try to keep his family out of knowing about the mob or, you know, keep them separate from his time with the Gambino family. Kids are intuitive. Like they know when something is different from other people at school. They, you know, John was rising, a rising star in the mob. So he was like a celebrity in the neighborhood and the kids knew. And unfortunately... John's son, John the Third, so John Jr., eventually became a made man in 1982 and joined the, the Gambino family as well.
1: He became a what? A made man?
0: So that's when they go from being just a friend into the mob. Okay. So, yeah, and that's two years after Frank dies that he starts to, you know, pursue being in the mob. Okay. The Gambino family at the time was making... 500 million dollars per year with all of the the things they were doing the illegal gambling rings the prostitution you know the loan sharking the being in you know taking over on uh union stuff so the companies would have to pay them their union benefits versus like an actual union and in this time paul castellano is the boss of the Gambino family. You'll remember that name from our last episode about the mob. And Gotti thought that Castellano was greedy. And he didn't have enough street cred with the family because Paul Castellano was very unique. He didn't go through the ranks like Gotti and Sammy were doing. You know, he didn't start out as a soldier. He started out higher up and became friends with the boss before him and the boss before him died of natural causes and handed it over to Paul because they were close friends, not necessarily because he was respected in the family overall.
1: Why did he start at a higher position?
0: Because he was friends with the former boss. And we're
1: back. More glitching. (laughs) And I will say, I'm sorry, I think that beep is on my end.
0: Oh, do you have like a construction truck or something? Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're tearing up my street, so... I literally can't Uh tell them to stop.
0: (laughs) So, sorry. Well, a street, it's okay. A street is important. (laughs) Kind (laughs) of. They should continue their work. How dare they? (laughs) And
1: I'm just so used to it that it didn't occur to me that it was going off until, like, right now.
0: So, sorry. No, No, you're fine. So, you know, if it's been bothering you now, you know, (laughs) I'm sorry, but you, you did. It's okay. You did have a question though, that before it glitched, what was your question?
1: Yeah. So like you said that when he entered, like when he joined the mafia, like he started at a higher Mm -hmm. rank, why did he start at a higher rank?
0: So Paul was really good friends with the Gambino family and he was in the mob but he joined short like right around the time that the boss before carlo was getting sick so he kind of just like made buddies with the boss i see and he was in the mob it's not like he was just a friend of the mob he was in it but he didn't like you know a lot of these guys they they started out as friends then they were made then they were soldiers then they were like capos you know like they kind of had to build go up their ranks. Paul was just very, you know, lucky and charismatic and got really close with Carlo, you know, close to the time that he was, you know, I see, getting older and ailing. So then Carlo, you know, kind of went off script and instead of making his underboss, the boss he chose Paul. So that kind of caused some hostility for some people, but also a lot of people respected Carlo and whatever he decided was what he decided. So Okay
1: i understand and one more question i said mafia yeah you said mob what's the difference
0: there isn't it's just a different Uh, word they mean the same thing again it's one of those things where two words mean the same exact shit but we're (laughs) here in both of them (laughs) okay perfect Gotti was feeling that Paul hadn't paid his dues. He was greedy with that $500 million being made per year within the family, which, again, from our last podcast, Sammy the Bull said Paul had so much money, he didn't know what to do with it. Like, he was buying stupid shit. So, like, it kind of tracks. Mm-hmm. Also, Gotti had expanded into heroin dealing. Now, he did not deal himself, but he, you know, he's, so if we're looking at the tears, The soldiers are below the capos, so he's got people below him doing this. Even though Paul banned any drug sales or pushing or anything like that, which we talked about last time, Mm. Paul even went so far as threatening people with death if they were caught dealing. Goodness. So, anti-drug, you know, he he stood with the, what what was that thing we used to do with the red ribbons? Dare. Just say no. (laughs) Yeah, dare. (laughs) Paul was very active in D.A.R.E. (laughs) It's a good program, so... (laughs) Yeah, prostitution, gambling, you know, all that other stuff. Cheating on his wife, he didn't care. But dare, he was a part of.
1: Well, and wasn't it they were fine with drugs, but they didn't want it in their communities? Is that what it was?
0: They kind of just said no across the board. So it was kind of they definitely didn't want it in their community, which is also part of what the mob did. They kept their community safe from other, you know, Irish, Russian, Polish mobs coming in and doing stuff like that. But it was pretty much just they were more focused on booze. I see. At at this time. It's easy to leak stuff in from other communities. So Paul's goal was just to shut it down and say no completely. But that was the main way that Gotti was making money. (laughs) So Gotti wasn't happy with this. So he had a group of people that were planning to overthrow Paul. So I'm going to throw a couple of names out and we won't hear a bunch of them, but these were the main four men who were a part of Gotti's plan. There was Gotti and then the he had two Capos who were in with the plan. His one was Frank Deciso okay and the other was Joe, jo- <laughs> Joseph, oh God <laughs> Joseph are <laughs> okay. And then he had two soldiers, Sammy Gravano mm-hmm. and Robert D. Bernardo. So I thought this was interesting too. John got accepted into the Gambino family after Sammy did, but John moved up faster than Sammy did.
1: Yeah, that's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, so Sammy got it, you know, because Sammy was in the mob for a couple of years before John was. I mean, well, at least 10 because he got in before the books were closed. And then Sammy, or and then John comes in after Sammy, but he got elevated to a capo much faster. So I think this is kind of the thought that Sammy was more like the brute force and like the 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 muscle and the kind of like go do it guy. And John was more looked mm-hmm. at as like the brain. Okay. So they moved him up faster because of his planning skills. I
1: mean, it makes sense.
0: So it, it kind of just shows a little bit more too into their relationship. I could imagine that Sammy, maybe there might be some resentment to anyone who moved up faster than him if the goal is for all of them to eventually move up. Like, there's one boss. I don't think everyone had hopes of being the boss, but, like, at least, you know, not being a foot soldier. Right, right. Because if you look at the totem pole, too, the soldiers are the ones that kind of do more prison time because they want to keep, you know, the higher-ups safer. Now, there was... um, so Oh, I forgot to cite. So we're doing that now. Um, in the documentary that I watched, it was John Gotti convicted the FBI files. The F- I mean, they spoke to FBI agents in New York that were work- working on getting these guys busted. So it was Ooh. very interesting to like hear the inside of that. You can yeah. find it on YouTube. It's really easy to find. So they actually gave a rule that I had never heard of before that was actually an internal rule for... The mob, a boss of a family can only be killed with approval of a majority of the family. So it's also called the commission, which is like everyone below the boss. So you have to get a majority ruling. So you have to get everybody in the family together and take a vote. And if all of them agree that the boss should be killed, then you can. Now, John was a smart man and there were a lot of loyal followers to Paul. There were a lot of people who you know didn't really care that he didn't go up through the ranks and didn't really mind how he ran the family mm-hmm. Gotti decided i can't do this because i'll be killed right <laughs> there are probably going to be more people that side with paul than that side with me including in his status he was a little you know he's lower than paul but he was still newer okay Gotti decided to find a loophole And the loophole was getting support from higher-ups from the other families. So that was something that you could do too. So if you couldn't get a majority of your family to agree to it, you could go and make a deal with the higher-ups from other families and they could tell you yes. And then they would give you protection from their family. And you kind of, you know, it's, it's a negotiation, right? So I'll do something for you if you give me the okay to kill this guy. So he went to the Colombo and the Bonino family. <laughs> the bananas. And they, and of course those, you know, all of these bosses, their goal was to live like, you know, there were five families in New York and their goal was to live in harmony. However, oh, it didn't happen. 95% of the time someone was killing someone else. It wasn't just killings within your family. Other families were starting wars on other families. So the Boninos and the Columbos, decided, you know, they were okay with Paul, but if they could get John, who, you know, was making all these promises of him being boss, they would have a closer bond with John than they would with Paul, who was, who has been running the family by himself, no problem. Does that make sense?
1: It does. That's so interesting that they, Mm -hmm. that the ultimate goal was to be happy, you know, you know, to work (laughs) together because that's not, what i would expect at all
0: no well and that's just it so that was like you know what was said to be the goal they wanted these five families to live in harmony in this small area that they had in new york but a member of the benino family says something rude to a member of the colombo family and all of a sudden they're trying to kill each other and then there's there's a all-out war until the bosses can sit down and like make a deal and call it quits so it was kind of (laughs) like they were all forming an alliance and these three families were going to stand together against these other the other two families right and they would be more of a powerhouse, and these two families. I mean, we know, from, you know, from what you listened to in that other podcast, the Alaska one. Mm-hmm. The Beninos were not against drugs, right? So if John has a successful heroin ring oh, running you're right. under Paul's nose, the Beninos want to get in on that.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yes.
0: I don't. I don't know the Colombo stance on. Uh, drugs I, I did not see anything there but for sure the Beninos were totally cool with that uh,
1: yeah they had a large <laughs> drug ring yeah
0: yes so Paul is not stupid and Paul realizes that John is really there are these five guys that are really close and they kind of go off and do their own things sometimes and he's not dumb he knows drugs are being pushed and he's just trying to figure out who's doing what. Mm-hmm. And he he had plans to break up Gotti's crew, whether that be, you know, killing or separating and sending them off to different families, depending on what connections they had. So in 1985, uh, John Gotti got a tip that Paul had a meeting at Sparks Steakhouse, which was one of his favorite places to go. And Paul and the underboss, because they had to kill both of them to take over because the underboss is is set to take over for the boss. So if you want to do a complete, you want to step in completely, you need to kill both of them. Paul and the underboss were ambushed outside the restaurant, and they passed at the scene of the crime. Oh. (laughs) John and Sammy watched from a car across the street as they were gunned down.
1: Oh my gosh, Okay,
0: I think this paints how both of these men are really intense. (laughs) Yeah. They're just
1: like sitting there watching this.
0: Yes, they are watching someone, two people that they called family that they are supposed to, you know, kind of blindly follow and they are watching them be gunned down. On
1: a deal that they arranged. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Yes. And then they, and then they get out of there before the police or anyone else realizes that it's them.
1: Yeah. It just sounds like sneaky.
0: Scary. Oh, (laughs) yeah. So the interesting part is a lot of the people in the family did know that john had done this like he 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 wasn't a very secretive person so this is something that sammy talks a lot a lot about that he didn't enjoy about john john was very boastful you know sammy had grown up in an era where yes the mob was around but you kind of kept your mouth shut you didn't really talk about it John was, you know, buying expensive cars, buying expensive clothes. When he was in court, he was waving at the cameras, smiling at the cameras. (laughs) Like he, he really liked the fame aspect and no other person had had that before in this type of lifestyle. He really boasted. So of course. John can't keep his mouth shut. Mm-hmm. And he boasts a little bit. And while he doesn't outright say, like, I planned this and I did this, he alluded to it enough that the family the family knew.
1: He's like, oh, did you hear about that, that gun down? Wink, yes. wink, wink. Yes, yeah. yes. exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly. The fa- I, I would assume that the family's kind of looking at this as we don't have a boss. We're really vulnerable to the other families, you know, deciding to maybe make a move and attack members of our family because again it's all a war Mm -hmm. within they all have to have alliances and they all have to plan it out there's this moment of we're screwed we need a boss and we need one now and John stepped up and said I want to be the boss and somehow because both people who who were in charge of making decisions died he got voted in as boss in 1986 so within a year of Paul dying John was the boss of the Gambino family
1: i'm not sure i would vote for the person who killed my former boss
0: <laughs> right like and that's what i couldn't find really anything of how he's got to be just charismatic as fuck like how
1: or like really intimidating
0: you're right yeah intimidating charismatic. maybe a little bit of both yeah. but somehow he was able to convince people to vote him in now when he was boss he was found to be making 10 to 12 million dollars per year just himself
1: good grief
0: yeah so that 500 you know 500 million and he was making 10 to 12 million himself okay so you know and i think it's interesting john says one of the reasons he didn't like paul was how greedy he was but he was very quick to step in and take it doesn't say anything that he like took a pay cut <laughs> like so he he started taking what paul was taking so if you think paul's greedy and you're not getting enough money when you're a a capo but you're now you're the boss it's not like he was like you know what i could live on five million five million a year (laughs) right let me let me dispense it throughout the the mob no like he stepped in and was making just as much as paul was if not more because then he started pushing drugs
1: interesting okay
0: so the new rule was the gambino family members were banned from accepting plea bargains that acknowledged the existence of the organization so john was already thinking ahead it's not if the fbi was watching him he knew they were so he was planning ahead if they can't acknowledge that this organization exists because it's a exists because it's a rule he could weasel out of a lot of stuff because no man was going to rat out the family and they and they didn't Like, they took this rule to heart and no, like, people got arrested and they were adamant that the the Gambino family was not a thing anymore after Paul died. Huh.
1: You know, it seems like he just, this family, you know, your family, like this aspect of, like, doing things for each other and it's a family, but, like, yet it just seems, like, so selfish and they're so, like, his motives are so self-centered. Like it's just interesting to me.
0: Yes, you are completely correct. <laughs> you know, it's it's this whole big spectrum of we're a family and we don't rat each other right. out and we all want to coexist happily. You know, the five families, but then oh, you said something you know inappro you you know you hit on my wife. You you did something inappropriate. Well, now I need to kill you. It's very contradictive of what they preach.
1: Well, and like for me, it's like he's. He's saying like, "Oh, you know, this is for the family. This is for all of us." But really, it's for him. Oh yeah, to, you know what he I mean. He just
0: was, yeah. Oh no, completely. He kind of just like masked it as it's for the family, but it, it was all, it was all in the end what benefited him. You're completely correct.
1: So weird. Okay.
0: Yeah. I just can't wrap my. <laughs> yeah. I just can't wrap my
1: mind around it. <laughs>
0: Well, and no one can, like even, I I mean, the only thing I can assume is that it was happening in the moment and like we're looking at it from the outside, right? you know? So like maybe, and like not everyone knew everything that was going on. It's not like John Gotti went down to the, you know, newest soldier and was, all right, here, here are our finances. (laughs) Of course, right. (laughs) Here's, here's that. So my only assumption is this was all happening so much behind the scenes that like people were unaware of how much it was benefiting him versus them
1: yeah and they must have
0: very interesting this acknowledgement and this new rule people listen to as well they thought it was to preface it like we were saying this is to help the family you don't tell any fbi agent police agent whatever anybody you don't tell them that we are a thing we are in the shadows for all they know it died with paul we're done and people listen to it so then john Gotti got a nickname in the media because he was still you know getting arrested i think i counted he got arrested seven times oh in his lifetime he got arrested eight times in the mob okay and he he got a nickname in the media and his nickname was teflon don (laughs) because nothing could stick to him you know they would arrest him for racketeering and he would weasel his way out of it and it was also because he had backing from just general public because of how, hmm. I guess, suave maybe he was, wa- waving at the cameras, kind of walking around town like he was hot shit. It, it got a lot of random people to like him, and it was really hard for them to find juries that weren't tampered with oh, geez. because of everyone knowing who he was. And he made a point of having jurors visited by m- mob members and whether it was polite, like... <sighs> cuz i mean i could see it both ways i could i could right. see them going to him and being like oh john you know him he's so sweet you know they're just they're just going after him cuz they they're biased they don't they don't like him so they're going after him or the more intimidating route of like shut up yeah fuck, right kill you <laughs> if yeah if you say you know again. so it was really hard were the courts to find unbiased jurors. He got, you know, he got to everyone. He was a very charismatic man. Like there are a ton of pictures online. You'll have to Google of him just like smiling as he's in cuffs. (laughs) I did. He looks like a psychopath. (laughs) He does. But like he was suave at the time.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm just wondering like for the community, if they felt like he was benefiting them, maybe that's why they liked him so much. I don't know. I
0: mean, it was a very anti-police time. Um, with a lot of communities, so yeah, someone who's making their own money, and again, all of these guys, they did, they put a lot of money back into the community as well. It's kind of like this gray area where they're doing great things for the community, and they're donating money to schools and all this stuff, but also they're like murdering people, but it is also their own people. It's, It's the men in the mob. It's not people really outside of it, minus the people who maybe resisted, but...
1: It's just so interesting yeah. to me. <laughs> it's
0: a lot. <laughs> it is. How he was acting, waving to the cameras, being kind of like this public, like, I I can almost associate it with like Robin Hood, like steal from the rich to give to the poor. So people yeah. liked him because he was giving the FBI and the police a hard time and they kind of like glazed past like the bad shit that he did almost. Right so this is pissing the fbi off <laughs> obviously they know yep. that he i mean they have reason to suspect that he had something to do with paul castellano's death and the underboss it's not the fbi is not stupid they're seeing all of this happen they just don't have evidence to prove it <laughs> so mm. they began okay. trying to bug areas that gotti frequented so they one of his favorite restaurants they bugged the front And then they realized while they're sitting in the front that they'd hear Gotti get up and leave and he wouldn't come back. So then they realized the restaurant had a back room that they were going to. Mm -hmm. So then they got the back room bugged and I, I, you know, they kind of glazed over. I don't know how the FBI did it. (laughs) This is like a mob hangout. I don't know how they got in and were able to bug stuff, but they were. And I mean, I'm sure they in a documentary, they're not going to give away everything because they probably still use some of those tactics so it was probably like a spy probably yeah they had someone like inside that makes sense
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so they're bugging wherever Gotti is his home his phones his restaurant hangout like his he had a business that was kind of just there to like be a cover um they bugged that even
1: like laundering Mm -hmm. yes Mm mm-hmm
0: so on December 11th, 1990, so this is how long it's gone on, too. He's, he got into the mob, like, in the late 70s, early 80s, and it's now the 90s. Like, he's just kind of been living, you know, 20 years of just doing his thing and making, you know, 10 to $12 million a year. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, December 11th, the FBI finally felt they had enough evidence with the recordings of Gotti to raid his restaurant. So they did, and they arrested him and Sammy the Bull, and both men went very politely they were very polite to the agents they you know they they said they put their hands behind their back they said yes sir i watched in part of the documentary so something about sammy that i didn't know so they took him in separate cars and one of the fbi agents liked sammy and gave him the opportunity to empty his pockets and his jewelry because there was a lot of like not getting this stuff back at the time mm. And so the FBI agent promised to give the money and the jewel jewelry. So like his wedding ring, things like that to his wife. Mm -hmm. And then Sammy, and I think Sammy bribed him. He gave him like a couple hundred dollars to do so as well. Oh, okay. And so when Sammy went to be booked, it was Sammy and John. They were standing next to each other and John's emptying out thousands of dollars that he just kept on his person, his jewelry that was worth, you know, thousands of dollars and Sammy only had kept $400. And so he put the $400 out of his pocket and John looked at Sammy and said, you only carry $400 on you. And Sammy said, yes. And John said, I need to give you a raise when we're done with this and made all of the cops laugh. My God. (laughs) So like even the cops were thought he was funny as hell.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. That's crazy. Okay.
0: And that verbiage of like, when we're done with this, like John did not think this was it right even and he didn't know about you know the plants or anything of course the fbi didn't give that out Mm -hmm. but he was it was just another thing that he was going to get out of he had gotten out of seven arrests before and some of them he spent some time in prison but mostly he did not
1: interesting it's like um i'm like there are true crime stories of like football players or you know like the the big i don't know like a someone important yeah, in a town, and they're just, like, written off, like, oh, it's okay. You know, they think mm-hmm. it's so funny, and yeah, it's just, yeah. that's interesting that <laughs> that they all laughed about it.
0: Well, and I think, too, l- locally, John had done that. You know, he had been able to get out of things, yep. but now it was the FBI, and the FBI wasn't fucking around anymore. So, I totally agree. He was able to wiggle his way out until the FBI got involved, and they didn't give a shit how funny they, people thought he was. <laughs> So, are you ready for his charges?
1: <laughs> I think so. Good. Great. It's probably I wrote them all okay. down. Okay. I'm ready.
0: <laughs> all right. So, John was arrested and charged with racketeering, which is kind of like I I thought it was like gambling kind of or like being in charge of a gambling ring. Mm-hmm. 5 murders, so he was a part of those. Uh conspiracy to murder, loan sharking, illegal gambling obstruction of justice, bribery and tax evasion.
1: <laughs> okay. It's a it's a good list.
0: Yeah, the all all of the bugs. These were all things that J- they had on record of John saying he did. Oh shit. <laughs> yes. Like he literally admitted to doing all of these at some point when they when they did the bugs and they had the recordings. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. So, it's a long list. <laughs> And the judge decided that he shouldn't get bail, which I think was a good call.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, if he's making millions of dollars a year for the last twenty years,
0: yeah, like well, and he's the boss, so he I'm sure he's able to tap into even what the the family is making. Right, you know, he might not Mm -hmm. take all of it for himself, but how are you going to give a dollar amount to a, a a family or a company even? That is not saying how much they're making. Like, that's really hard right. on a judge. Like, how could you be like a billion dollars? Well, maybe the the family had a billion dollars. <laughs> right, exactly. The FBI also realized while they were listening to the tapes that there were rifts forming between Sammy and John. You know, we talked in the Sammy episode. So if if we haven't put two and two together, which I think everyone has, John is the boss that Sammy turned on. I did that intentionally. I kept John's name out of it because I wanted to talk about them separately a little bit. But this is when they intertwine and it is what it is. So, you know, in the Sammy episode, we talk about how, you know, Sammy did not like how John was boasting about being in the mob. He wanted it. He felt like it was a secret society and Mm -hmm. John was putting it out there. And Sammy said he had, John had told him that he had put in place like things to make people below him go to jail versus him. Sammy already knew that John was setting pretty much everybody in the family up but himself to come out on top, according to Sammy's feelings on how everything went.
1: Mm -hmm. John's
0: feelings on everything is we're a family. I'm the boss. We do everything to keep me out of jail. You guys like this is part of being in the mob. You guys go to jail. It is what it is." I mean.
1: Honestly, as an outsider, I kind of always thought that that was like the norm personally
0: yeah well i mean because i mean you sign up for a life of crime you don't think you're not going to go to jail
1: right (laughs) and you're underneath people so obviously you get you deal with consequences like uh, you know from an outsider's perspective i always thought that was like you know regular like that was a normal thing yeah like agreed so i feel like sam like i understand where sammy's coming from but i kind of always thought that it was the other way around you know
0: yeah well and that's that's so that's where the battle is right because even now if you get on these forums that talk about john gotti and sammy the bull there are sammy the bull stands who are like yeah like i wouldn't want to go to jail for him like he was setting everyone up so that he would be okay but there are john gotti stands where it's like well that's what you signed up for Mm -hmm. what do you what do you mean you don't want to go to jail you're the underboss your life's goal is to keep the boss safe right with no boss there's no family so it's like it's like sammy was looking at protecting himself which isn't a bad thing (laughs) i wouldn't want to go to jail
1: (laughs) uh no yeah
0: but Gotti is looking at we're family you're my underboss your job is to keep me safe both are not wrong (laughs) right
1: i can see it from both
0: yeah and, like, for me, you know, I grew up watching Mob Wives, so I watched Karen Gravano. Well, uh, John Gotti's daughter, Victoria, had her own show long, long time ago, way before Mob Wives on MTV, called Go- Growing Up Gotti. One of the, f- mm-hmm. like, it was in the era of, like, the Gene Simmons family jewels, so, like, very early reality TV. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Mm -hmm. or like the
0: osborne family you know like really early like when reality tv just started to like really become something and mtv really switched over to having more reality tv which makes me feel ancient that i knew that transition
1: (laughs) well wasn't it on vh1 mostly
0: (laughs) um it, it was on vh1 but also mtv started dipping in as well so they both kind of started to make the change. I always
1: figured they were the same thing.
0: Oh, no, no. They're, yeah, they're a little separate. So growing up, Gotti was on MTV and then uh, Mob Wives okay. was on VH1. So so even that, like, they're two separate Ooh. companies, you know, supporting. So Victoria, Victoria's show was really about her and her sons dealing with, like, you know, family members going to jail and stuff like that. But, like, this has started... Not only, like, our stands, like, you know, some people are John's side, some people are Sammy's side. Karen and Victoria can't be around each other at all. Oh, God. You know, and Karen's younger than I Victoria, mean... but, like, Victoria has threatened Karen's life multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> it's, but it's, like, it never ends. Like, I'm sure right. Karen has a daughter, Victoria's got sons. I'm sure they don't fuck with each other. <laughs> like... Right. It's like the Hatfields and the McCoys. Like, you just never, you're never going to get over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Victoria's mad that, because eventually we already learned Sam Sammy flips yep. and sends John to jail. So Victoria's mad about that. Yeah karen's mad because everyone's calling her dad a rat when you know he did he's a rat that's that's set in stone like you sign up you say these rules and these oaths and he when push came to shove he wasn't willing to go down Mm -hmm. with the ship and he put it on john but also preservation is a human instinct and like (laughs) i don't i mean i i don't know what i would do in that situation i don't know if i love anyone blindly enough to take the fall for fulfilling their plans.
1: I definitely don't love anyone enough, <laughs> but I don't want to be ashamed person, so.
0: Well, and yeah, and that's like the thing. So I don't know. It's very interesting. Yeah. Because both sides are not in the wrong by any means. Right. It's just, mm-hmm. un, you know, unfortunately, these two people had very different mindsets. And so when you put them together, they didn't do what the other one wanted. <laughs> So, yeah. so that's kind of what it is what a mess oh huge mess i couldn't imagine being in new york at this time <laughs> no on the tapes the jury was able to listen to the tapes and everything and they had gotti discussing the gambino family business murders he approved confirming animosity between himself and paul castellano so that was motive
1: oh shit. Okay. there was
0: host there was hostility between them they had motive so they had bugged him for years yeah if they are listening back to when gaudi was discussing how him and paul were not getting along Mm -hmm. right that's what i was just thinking too so what was interesting with this was john also felt that sammy was greedy john's word is greedy paul was greedy sammy's greedy but really like john's the one making 12 million a year (laughs) Mm -hmm. right so he felt sammy was greedy And he also attempted to frame Sammy as the main force that was caused by uh, causing some of the murders. So I don't know if John knew he was bugged or if John was just trying to cover his ass with whoever he was talking to, but he was literally telling them, Sammy's going rogue. He's doing his own murders.
1: Interesting. He probably had some idea or thought that there was a bug or a rat, you know, and he was trying to like cover his, his tracks, see who the rat was.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and well, and even as a leader, I wonder if sometimes he was spreading lies to see Mm -hmm. if they got back to him. Because then, like, you know, if you tell a person, you know, Joe Schmo, like, the sky is green, and you tell Patricia that the sky is purple, and if one of those gets Mm. back to you, then you know Joe or Patricia told someone else, and it went through lines. So I wonder if he was even just spreading fake information to see if it got back to him to see if someone was not keeping a secret. For him that'd
1: be pretty smart honestly
0: <laughs> well i feel like i would be paranoid enough if, if i know that i killed the boss before me <laughs> yeah i'm I, you would be hyper aware of like this could happen that's to a me. good point whether people are willing to do it or not it could happen mm-hmm. to me.
1: exactly that's a good point
0: so yeah so i think he just was like manipulating the whole family personally so something that was interesting about this case so sammy flips which you heard in our last podcast and you if you don't remember go back and listen by january 1992 they had finally picked a jury and decided to go ahead with the court proceedings now this is the first time in new york history that an entire jury was sequestered for the entire hearing oh shit wouldn't that suck
1: well that's probably because they're afraid that they can't trust anyone
0: well john had ties to the mob still yep. people were still loyal to him so of course they would go and probably try to intimidate people in the jury mm-hmm. and also they didn't want john to be able to schmooze his way out of this so they like locked down for months which would suck
1: god that'd be crazy
0: yeah So on March 2nd, Sammy testifies. And the main things that he kind of bulleted for um, everybody, he confirmed that John Gotti was the boss of the Gambino family and the Gambino family, in fact, was still running. He tricked you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) He (laughs) gave out details for the plans of Paul's murder, things that only, you know, someone involved would know. Mm Mm-hmm. And he also implicated Gotti in four murders. And we know Sammy also admitted to 19 murders. So he said that Gotti was a part of four. You know, he was able to prove Gotti was a part of four of those 19. Okay. Oh, gosh. So Gotti got really hostile during, uh, while in court during all of this. He stood up and called Sammy profane, profane names while Sammy was testifying. He threatened the jury while they were in front of him he threatened the judge he threatened everybody they actually had to threaten him with not being able to sit in on court it's
1: like he was like losing his shit.
0: yes like he was this suave debonair man who would wave at the cameras but then when he realized his plans were backfiring he became that mean hostile man that was probably hidden from the public at least
1: right that's okay Mm -hmm. That's probably pretty scary hmm.
0: <laughs> to like, I would shit my pants
1: <laughs> to just have this idea that this person, you know, is so nice and says, sir, when he's being mm-hmm. arrested. And, and then all of a sudden he's mm-hmm. like screaming and saying, you know, threatening everyone. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. probably,
0: it's like a Jekyll and Hyde yes, situation. Exactly. hmm Yeah. Which also goes to show, you know, these guys, they put on this front and they seem so sweet and innocent and then they just, they can flip. And that's clearly how they are murderers. Right. I couldn't murder someone because there is no other side to me like I am me. Right. Exactly. (laughs) But these guys are able to flip back and forth between those people so, so frequently. It's terrifying. That is terrifying. Yeah. So... Jury got sequestered in January on April 2nd, 1992. So that's four months of being in a hotel and not being able to watch TV, talk to anyone, nothing. Yeah. Could you... I could not imagine.
1: Like no radio, nothing. Yeah.
0: Nothing. Yeah. Like I don't even know with high profile cases, I would assume that you should have the right to talk to your family, but also... (laughs) That's not sequestering if you do. Right, exactly. So, I don't know. I don't know the rules with that. I don't know. And this was such a high-profile case. They probably made their own rules for this shit.
1: Well, I'm pretty sure, like you said, they just sit in a hotel room and talk to each other. Like, they mm-hmm. can't talk to anyone else. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I so so then that, too. Four months of maybe not talking to your family. It just seems crazy. It does
1: seem crazy, but, like, I've always wanted to get jury duty. And now that I'm well i i won't be able to now and so i'm so disappointed like being on a fucking like being on this case for four months would be like my jury duty dream (laughs) right i'd be so excited
0: yeah like ecstasy right like just a total high i know i agree on april 2nd 1992 there were there was 14 hours of deliberation between the jury and they found Gotti guilty of all charges. So I'm going to reread what he was charged with okay. just to refresh. And do you have like sentencing? So he was charged with racketeering, five murders, conspiracy to murder, loan sharking, illegal gambling, obstruction of justice, bribery, and tax evasion. Goodness. Gotti was given life in prison without parole Oof. and a $250,000 fine which is pocket change for him.
1: <laughs> I was just, like, I was laughing because, like, that seems like nothing.
0: Yeah, man's making $12 million a year. You can't bump that up a little bit?
1: <laughs> well, for, like, all those charges, that's the max that you could give?
0: Yes. Come on. We, we know he makes $12 million a year. Like, at least round it up to 500000 <laughs> Or something, yeah. Okay. So... There was something that an FBI spokesperson said, because this uh, gentleman, and I did not write his name down, I apologize, but he wa- it was his goal to get Gotti, Like, it was his life. <laughs> and he hated okay. how boastful Gotti was and how much the public loved him. And he hated that he got the nickname Teflon Don. So he had a quote from an article. The Teflon is gone. The don is covered in velcro and all the charges stuck. Ooh, gave me shivers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of true though. Like he almost like snaked his way out of all this stuff for right. decades. I mean, arrested eight times in you know twenty something years, and the you know the last one's the last one. But
1: oh no, no, I
0: he got away with a lot. Can you
1: imagine how badass that guy felt when he said that? <laughs>
0: oh yeah oh yeah he was probably like fuck yeah fuck yeah (laughs) yeah went home and gave his wife the attention that she probably did not get for 20 years like
1: six to midnight (laughs) real quick yeah yeah
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah this guy probably you know i mean it had to there's so many fbi agents watching i mean and this is just this one family and there are five and then there are other you know mobs and mafias in other cultures that are in this area Mm -hmm. so like you know it's it's got to feel like a huge win because they probably don't make it to this point exactly. with most of their investigation Gotti spent the rest of his sent or spent most of his sentence in solitary with a one hour a day out of his cell okay that's so that that's his that's life that's the max too well, I mean
1: that's pretty bad yeah okay
0: And I mean, I, it makes sense. You know, you see the jackal in the hide. You don't want to give him an opportunity to escape. You don't want to give him an opportunity to find someone who's willing to help him. Mm -hmm. Like it is locked down. He did have an appeal process like most people do. And his final appeal was rejected by the Supreme court in 1994. So, you know, he's sentenced in 92 and two years later, like he it's finally closed of like, there's no chance oh shit okay getting out of this and can you imagine if he did with sammy (laughs) right that appeal process i mean when it was finally shut that probably made sammy feel pretty good because i cannot imagine a man like john Gotti not retaliating well
1: right and that's what we were saying during sammy's thing too i was just thinking like the whole time like is this a really good idea to like be on tv because i'm sure you have made a lot of people (laughs) upset (laughs)
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah, and that's something too, like he, yep, I totally agree with that too. Like he's on TV right now. He's got a podcast right now. He's got a YouTube channel right now. Like he's very public, which is what he did not like about John Gotti while he was in the family, but now he feels that it is okay because he is not. Because he's slimy. Yeah. Which, and again, it's all condescend. It's all contradictive, right. right? John didn't like how greedy Paul was, but John didn't take a pay cut when he became boss. Mm-hmm. John thought Sammy was greedy. Well, Sammy thought, you know, John was too boastful and not keeping the secret life secret. Now John or now Sammy's telling all the secrets. It's like high school girls. It is. <laughs> like, well, and it's so contradicting. Like they can't they can't stick to one
1: moral. Yeah, like pick what's right and what's wrong and stick to it in your head.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's dependent on how you feel that day.
1: It's, again, psychopaths, yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. So even though Gotti was in prison, he refused to step down as boss.
1: Oh. Even though he only <laughs> got an hour of free time?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, he okay. refused to step down. And he, replay- he relayed orders to his brother, Peter, who was in the mafia, and to his son, John Jr., or John Third.
1: <laughs> but can't they, like, the whole... I would think the family would vote him out. For
0: whatever reason, the family did not. Huh. Okay. <laughs> You are completely right. They could, they could be like, dude, you're in jail. Right. <laughs> like, I don't
1: have to listen to you anymore. <laughs> your
0: time is done. Nope, they let him continue to be the boss. Now, this is this was never proven, so I guess this would be um, an accusation. Okay. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him. I would not. Uh, that man murdered two people to get that position. He's gonna hold on to that. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. White knuckles, like. N- no way he's gonna be stepping down, you know, quietly. And like that kind of, go- I think it shows how intimidating he is. The man is behind bars twenty-three hours a day, and he is still able to convince people to listen to exactly. him. Exactly right. That's what I was thinking too. A mixture of intimidating and charismatic. Clearly, Ugh. the worst kind. <laughs> yeah. So a narcissist. Like. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> a sociopath. Right.
0: Exactly. So John the third went to prison for racketeering in 1999, and it, it is believed that Peter is the acting boss of the Gambino family currently. Oh shit.
1: So like, so for basically since 2000, they think he's been the main one. Okay.
0: Yes. So in 1998, so we're kind of taking a jump back. John was diagnosed with throat cancer and they removed a tumor at the prison hospital. Two years later, the cancer returned, and his condition rapidly declined, so it was more aggressive than it had been in the past. And on June 10th, 2002, John Gotti died in a prison hospital by himself from his cancer. Oh, shit. He was 61 years old. Oh, shit. Yeah.
1: That's, like, not very
0: old. (laughs) No. So some people, you know, if you look at the universe and karma and spiritually, all those things, so people, I mean, I'm going to go off on a side thing. So Robert Kardashian, right? He Mm -hmm. was the lawyer to OJ. He got throat cancer and people believe that Robert Kardashian got throat cancer because the stress of getting his friend off on a murder. Kind of manifested itself in all the lies that he had spit while in court, and so it, it that energy transfer turned into you know karmic cancer oh is kind of what God. some people say, right? That's fucking crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, if you look at it that way too, John Gotti spewing lies, only covering his himself, like you could also kind of put that thought process on John as well. Oh and God. I mean, and I mean, I wouldn't be, it would be even more intense or crazy if Sammy the bull got throat cancer. Seriously. I'm not wishing that on anyone, but he's the one who, you know, or tongue cancer or something with the mouth because he's the one who was a rat and let all of it kind of out. But they, you know, there's that kind of mindset to think like these really bad guys, their karma is the, you know, type of disease they get later in life.
1: Who was practicing witchcraft in the mob? Who was it?
0: (laughs) I mean, seriously. But for someone who, you know, was such a double crosser and lying constantly to Mm -hmm. everybody and setting everybody else up, like, it it makes sense that, like, his words are ultimately what got him in trouble. It's what made Sammy flip because Sammy felt he was, like, being very condescending about you taking the fall for me. It makes sense that he got throat cancer. That's
1: crazy. That's, like, my mind is, like, reeling right now. That's crazy.
0: I know. I I mean, it takes a whole new way of looking at like what happens to pe like people like this later in life. Exactly. It's like all that karmic buildup ha- it manifests somewhere. So, um, John's uh, family is a lot like. Sammy's family and they are making money (laughs) off of their ties to the mob so Victoria Gotti his daughter is probably the most well known um, publicly who talks about this stuff she's written a book she had her own um, show she has um, clothing companies and she also has a podcast (laughs) of course (laughs) apparently you know our fun cool thing is not you know it's super mainstream, Avery that was rude, that scared the shit out of me <sighs> since when do you bark? There's nothing out there It's a ghost it's like you're barking at our if you're barking at our tree, sister, okay, go lay down, go, I'm almost done. go lay down <laughs> God. it's a ghost it <laughs> probably or right. Craig left his his Washington state coogs flag up, and it's flapping into the, her vision Because, mm-hmm. yeah. you know cougs won so we had to put the flag up (laughs) boo (laughs) i know i well i remind him that i i am a cu fan (laughs) like that is something that your mom and you passed on to me growing up and i have you know taken the washington state uh cougs as my team based on my marriage but i found a (laughs) cu sticker and i was like can i put this on the beer fridge and he was like no (laughs) (laughs) So I have to like be private about it. <laughs>
1: it's okay. <clears throat> they're probably better than us. So.
0: Well, I mean, they're 3 and 6, so I don't <laughs> Oh, so we're equally as bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's I've hopped from one bad train to the other and I just have to for my marriage, I have to be a part of it. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, so this is the story of John Gotti. Now that you have both stories, what do you think, Leslie? Tell me your thoughts.
1: Um, okay. First of all, great job. This was probably thank you so much research. <laughs> I can't even fathom it was. <laughs> um, yeah, I super good job. Um, honestly, I think they're both freaking slimy snakes. Um, yes, I think Sammy is maybe more likable <laughs> because he back to like what we were saying during his episode it's hard to find a character you like when nobody is the consistent good guy right Mm -hmm. um but from my standpoint like because sammy helped police and helped the fbi like i think he's more redeemable he's a more likable character Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i don't like either of them
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's something, too, that I think is interesting. I think Sammy, I think the same thing about Sammy, but also he's the one that's talking. Who's to say, you know, if John were still alive or, you know, I know he had a life sentence, but who's to say that, you know, him speaking up? I mean, we we'll never know the other side. Right.
1: Right. That's true.
0: Yeah. Like John was never able to go public. He went straight to jail.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I guess we we know where he stood of as far as like I'm the boss, you're my worker mm-hmm. bee, like you, which again I think is logical also. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. That's crazy. The whole, the whole mob world is just so fascinating to me.
0: Well, and these are just two people were a part of you know sammy was a part of two families he was part of the colombo family and the gambino family and then john was solely gambino family so these are two people in two mob families it was probably happening all across the board these guys were just the most famous right
1: i guess it's more fascinating because i just don't understand your like family first but then i'm gonna kill you because you looked at me the wrong way like i don't understand their Mm -hmm. sense of loyalty (laughs)
0: there isn't yeah. to themselves <laughs> you know you put it you put it down on the line they might they'll have loyalty to themselves and like mm-hmm. their children i would assume but even that you know Gotti wanted to keep his family separate but his young one of his sons got tied up in the life
1: and literally ran it for a while
0: yeah and as the boss john is the deciding factor on who is in the mob oh so if he wants to keep his family separate you know, like, these, you know, people bring, like, the the boss is the final decision. Like, a lot of people might bring people in and want them to, but the boss is the one who gives it the okay. Interesting. <laughs> like, that part kind of irks me, too, because it's like, you, you want to keep it separate from the family, but then you approve your son. Right. Like, you obviously don't need it that separate. Yeah. Like, if it were, you know, if I put myself in that mindset of, I want to keep my family safe, I want to keep this separate, I would never be a part of a mob or anything like that, but if I, let's mm-hmm. just hypothetically... Right. I would say no, <laughs> right? No, 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 no. No matter how many times this kid asks, no. If you want to sign up, you sign up elsewhere. I am not going to be the reason that you are in the mob. I can't control you going to other families and asking, but I can fucking say no for mine.
1: Right. Well, and I, maybe he was saying like he didn't want him to go to someone else, so he. That's why he accepted them. But I. Either way.
0: And and that's yeah. That's an option too, but still, I just if you want, if you're so worried about your family, one, you shouldn't be in a lifestyle right. like this. If you, in my opinion, if you have a family, because all this did was it took two men away from their families and left, you know, their wives that didn't work, to kind of put the right. pieces back and for themselves. Mm-hmm. and their children to just be alone. So, but yeah, Holy that's, shit. <laughs> I I I love hearing. <laughs> I love hearing your thoughts on this because again, this is something that like I've I learned about a long mm-hmm. time ago and it's just kind of, you know, background information in my head that just has been kind of taking up space. But it's really interesting to hear someone who Who knows nothing. Yeah, expose themselves to this because you're you're saying the things that are correct. You know. <laughs> Sammy is five five percent better because he worked with the cops. But for me, i think like yes they're both shitty but like they're in that gray area for me where like i don't you you said they're both bad and i agree with that but i don't think i've ever articulated that you know because it's just like one of those it's to me it's like it's one of those things that just like happens (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm saying yeah that's interesting (laughs) yeah like yeah for me it's like it's just it is the mob it is what it is is. but like you yeah but you are completely correct (laughs) they like the police were right in infiltrating (laughs) this and i don't like dislike the police for it but also i'm like well (laughs) they were helping the community
1: mind your business right like kinda yeah yeah. i understand
0: (laughs) which is a horrible mindset to be in as a person You know, like I don't idolize these people, but I mean, I I bought the books, I watched the shows, like right. <laughs> I listened to Sammy's podcast in between this, like <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so I am contributing to the problem, and I don't really feel guilty about it.
1: <laughs> well, I'll offset you because I've never purchased shit, so I'll
0: see. Yeah, so you're my balance yeah. in life. That's why. That's why we have each there other. You go. <laughs> So I like the way you think. I hope to someday think like you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I think you do. I mean.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's it's a cultural right. thing where I guess I just want to protect my culture. So I don't want to admit that right. <laughs> it was bad.
1: Well, or again, like we talked about <laughs> last week, like your telling of the story or when you were told this story, right, when you first learned of the story, mm-hmm. it was a different tone because
0: you guys are italian right like it
1: was if that makes any Mm -hmm. sense
0: it does yeah no that's completely it and
1: i'm you know older i'm almost i'm i'm older i'm an adult i mean i'm 28 years old so Mm -hmm. me hearing this with all of my life experience the tone is different so it like you know it's just all Mm -hmm. based off of experiences and how we were raised and things like that
0: Mm -hmm. well and i mean yeah and watching you know the mob wives like had nothing to do with the gangsters themselves but I grew to get to know the tv persona right I mean, it might not be the full person but i grew i was g- grew to know the tv persona that was put out there and like it was just a family right. <laughs> like whose father got arrested and they weren't a part of anything that the father did but they were the ones that were you know struggling and trying to i mean and victoria gotti did not struggle victoria gotti has lived in a mansion her entire life <laughs>
1: i'm gonna google her so, while you
0: she um is a very thin woman who is kind of scary looking. (laughs) Oh my gosh, she's terrifying. I can post, yeah, I can post a picture of Victoria Gotti as well. But she's also, you know, she's done a lot of work and kind of righting the wrongs that her father did and at least like not re-upping in a lifestyle and keeping her kids out of the lifestyle. I don't know how well it's gone because she hasn't had a show about herself in a very long time. But that was her main focus when this show happened. So... So, but yeah, so that's the podcast, everybody. <laughs> well, holy shit. Good job. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for your input. It's really interesting to hear, you know, it is. I think it's, it's, it's healthy for me to hear another side of things. <laughs> it's healthy.
1: You make it sound like you have a problem. I don't think you have a problem. I do.
0: <laughs> I do. I, I, I listen to everything that these people put out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We all have guilty
1: pleasures, Amber.
0: Yeah, mine's just the mom.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's your guilty pleasure.
0: Yeah, my guilty pleasure. All right, Leslie. Well, do you have a clue for next week?
1: Holy shit! I do have a clue. It's gonna be hard to follow up. <laughs> <laughs> you put so much work oh, into no. this. Um, That'd be great. <laughs> the clue for next week is: How do you like your hamburger cooked?
0: How do you like your hamburger cooked mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds like it's gonna be fun but i don't think it will <laughs> it won't be <laughs> okay so it's not a fun hamburger <laughs> no <laughs> all right well that's a lot to ponder i mean i don't know well, what's your favorite so okay what's your favorite hamburger place like what's your favorite
1: <clears throat> i don't like I don't like red meat, honestly. You
0: don't? No. I mean, I'll, I don't know if I knew that about you.
1: I'll eat it, but like, yeah, it's not, I don't, I never like pick red meat.
0: Oh, okay. So what do you get? Like, if you're, you know, feeling like a bum, what's your fast food go to? Um,
1: well, it depends on my, I love Taco Bell. I love their chicken quesadilla. Okay. I could eat Taco Bell's chicken quesadilla for like every meal. <laughs> but... Like my, if I need something like greasy and ridiculous, mm-hmm. I'll get a chicken sandwich from Wendy's.
0: Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. That makes sense.
1: What's yours? What, what do you like?
0: Oh, well, it's horrible. I like Sonic, <laughs> and I like their burger, but it is actually like the most unhealthy burger out of all the fast food joints. No, when you're
1: hungover, Sonic is the only yes. food you can eat.
0: Sonic Burgers are my go-to.
1: I mean, I get the chicken sandwiches, but
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but same, same, same thing. Yeah, same, um, same, same, <laughs> I used to be super into Wendy's, but I think I've, you know, I, and I don't eat a lot of fast food, so this isn't like an every right, night yeah. going to get it thing. But yeah, Wendy's used to be my thing. My husband really likes Taco Bell and he, whenever he has his like hungover moments, that's what he wants to eat and I never want it. <laughs> well,
1: and when I say I like Taco Bell, I literally <laughs> like the quesadillas. And baja blast, like that's what I like.
0: All right. <laughs> well, say the clue one more time. <laughs> the Grim Mystics was written and produced by Amber <laughs> um, and, and How do I'm you like her. your hamburger yeah. cook. Cover, alrighty friends. Well, we two were, two were two two doing two two good two on time until we got Mistakes distracted. so <laughs> was written and produced by Bear and Abby, so, Abby Golden. We'll see how much of this makes it into the podcast. You can find us on Instagram it's at been at pretty the good Grim Mystics. I'm sure most. You can also follow the Grim Mystics on Facebook at the Grim Mystics. All right, friends. Well, we'll see you next time. Bye.